Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Locked on Cavaliers. As always, I'm Chris Manning, your host from Fear the Sword and the Step Back. Today it's a Monday, it means it's a mailbag show, it means we are going to answer your Cleveland Cavaliers questions, whatever you guys want to submit, as always, going to answer those live on the show. First we're going to get into the All-Star Weekend really quick. First you had the East, All-Star game was pretty fun. Back and forth game, high scoring as always. Uh, the result, again, doesn't matter too much. We're not going to break down that game. But we did see Kyrie Irving and LeBron James both have some fun moments with LeBron having that three from the logo, from them connecting for an alley-oop for LeBron, just throwing that alley-oop to himself off the backboard. Just a really, really fun night in some ways. And I'm a fan of the All-Star game. I, it's not perfect by any means, but I'm a fan of what it is. And it just being sort of this kind of fun goofy game uh that we get and it's a relaxing in the middle of a year of a lot of tense basketball and i'm a fan of the little break that it provides Um, Kyrie also finished second in the three-point competition behind houston rockets guard eric gordon and then uh, beat kemba walker from the charlotte hornets so Kyrie finishes second um and did pretty well and he you know went to overtime it looks like he got a little bit tired at the end there and maybe went a bit slow on the on the go around there Kyrie also uh, got in the news because he said that he believes the world is flat. Um, And I'll just note that I don't necessarily believe him when he says that for the simple reason that, one, he disputed that uh, already, and he kind of was like, does it matter what I believe? And I think he was just trying to make a point. Uh, And I also just think Kyrie does not like being defined by being a basketball player. Kyrie Irving is a guy who I think has interest outside of basketball, who likes being known as a person more than he is just this athlete. Uh, and, I, and I think we saw that when he was doing this. I think that's the point he was making. Um, kind of a weird way to make that point. But um, it is what it is. Not going to talk about the world is flat thing because the world is clearly not flat. It is very round. Um so, yeah, it's uh, not a flat world. Uh, Kyrie and Science probably get on the same page, but, I mean, they might never be on the same page, whatever. Um, also of note this weekend is Quinn Cook was great for the D-League. Uh, was the D-League All-Star MVP. 18 points, 12 assists for Cook. Also had the game winner in that game. And perhaps this is what gets him an NBA look. I think he deserves it. I think the Cavs honestly would benefit from him. 
an attendee deal. The announcer from their game, from the Chargers game against the Fort Wayne Mad Ants last week, was like LeBron's get him, uh, and I think he'd be really good. He was really good in this game. He saw everything that sort of makes him, in my mind, a backup point guard in the NBA. Um, I'm a big fan, uh, and he also had Isaiah Thomas, the Pistons' great Isaiah Thomas, the Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas, not Boston Celtics All Star. Uh, Isaiah Thomas gave him a shout out and said that he should be in the NBA. Call up Quinn Cook. Um, high praise for Quinn Cook. Was really really good. He's having a great year in the D League. Has been the Chargers' best player all year. Really makes that team go for a team, and that's a team that's in the thick of the D League playoff race. You also had Eric Moreland play pretty well during the All Star game. Nine points, nine rebounds for Moreland. Both could be good ten day options for the Cavs, in my opinion. I think they'd be smart ten day options if the Cavs weren't going to sign somebody tomorrow. And just a fun little trivia, you know, Gerald Green and Robert Covington are two other D-League All-Stars. Uh, so it's kind of, we have, we have Cook joining some fun company there. Not a league company, but maybe he can stick the NBA like those guys have been able to do because I think he's deserving. I think he could be a really, really good backup point guard. Um, but, of course, today's a mailbag show. Again, submit those on TV, email, via Twitter, now via Reddit on r backslash Cleveland Cavs, which I believe is the Cavs subreddit. Uh, and as always... Drop this and we'll answer them next week. Got a ton of great questions. And we'll be, again, we'll be doing these every Monday. And we keep getting more and more questions. And it's been great. And please go give us those five star ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's going to bump us up that pot. It's going to bump us up those iTunes charts. It's going to make more people find this podcast. And I appreciate everyone who has shared it, who has given us me that five star rating and review. Because you were really what makes this podcast great. It's not me, it is not the Cavs. It is you, the listener, that make this podcast worth doing and make it something truly great. And now I'll let you know that today's podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way for you to buy and sell tickets right on your phone. You can get tickets to any game or concert you want to go to, whether it's a Cavs game, whether it's a Cleveland State game, whether it's a concert you're going to see at the House of Blues in Cleveland, you're going to be able to find tickets on SeatGeek. They pull tickets from all the best sellers, all the biggest sellers online, so you know you're getting the best deal. All the tickets are rated on their score based on if it's green, if it's good, if it's red, it's bad. And you're going to get to see your view from your seat as well when you use the app. Um, I've used SeatGeek before. I used it to get Migos tickets. I've used it to get Run the Jewels tickets. I've used it to get Brown tickets. If I need a ticket and I need it at the last minute or if I need it because I didn't get it beforehand or just whatever reason I need a ticket, I always go to SeatGeek. I can guarantee you, you will not find a better way to buy and sell tickets right on your phone. And today, you, the listener, the listener of this Locked On Cast podcast, can save $20 on that first purchase by using the promo code LOCAVS. That's L-O-C-A-V-S. You're going to save $20 on that first purchase by entering in that promo code under the settings tab, and you're going to get a $20 mail-in rebate on that podcast. So, again, uh, download the SeatGeek app. Enter that promo code LOCAV, save $20 today on that first SeatGeek purchase. All right, so now we will get into the mailbag questions for this. We got a lot of great questions again. A lot of questions that I, I think are very good questions considering where the Cavs are at. As always, you can drop those questions for next week's show to Lockdown Cavs on Twitter, to at CWMWrites on Twitter, to the Lockdown Cavs Facebook page, or to LockdownCavs at gmail.com. And if you're a subscriber to the Cavs Reddit, I also have created a post over there. So if you'd like to drop them in the in the Reddit post that I made, you can certainly do that there as well. So the first question this week 
comes from James Watson at JimRun85. He says, I feel like the Cavs ended with Shelvin Mack for almost nothing. What's your opinion on Mack? I think it's what he said. He said, what's up, what's up opinion on Mack? So, I think Mack is a good player, and I think the argument for, for the Cavs getting Mack for a low cost would be that the Jazz technically have four point guards on the roster. The Cavs could also do something where if, if they wanted to trade, let's say, Alex Burks to clear some salary and a guy that don't play a ton and a point guard, and let's say, Shelvin Mack, the Cavs could do Amon Shumpert and get two players back uh, for one if, the, if you can make the salaries match. I don't know how interested the Cavs are in Mack, but if you're looking at a guy the Cavs would get via a trade, Shelvin Mack would make sense. He probably, like James is pointing out, probably be available at a low cost considering the Jazz heavy just a glutton of point guards and they're going to have to sort of pick them and they don't really have a need for a guy like Shelvin Mack. And, and I think he'd be competent. I think he'd be as good or better than some of the options the Cavs had considered, whether that's Mario Chalmers or Jordan Farmar or Kirk Heinrich. Um, I, I think he would be good. I, I don't know how interested they are in him. I know it, it makes some sense on paper, but I, I think you would have to see if they're interested, and it would have to sort of come together quickly. And I, I would wonder what the Cavs would actually be willing to give up and if, if like, a second-round pick or a first-round pick way, way in the future is enough for Shelvin Mack. And I wonder if that's really a best use of assets. And I wouldn't do anything in terms of trading Chetty Osman or uh, anything like that to get him. And, and I would probably be cautious to or to use something more than, let's say, a second-round pick on Mack just because – I'm of the opinion that I do think a backup point guard would help, but I don't think getting Shelvin Mack is really going to take your title chances from where the Cavs are at now to anything more substantial than what it is. I, I just don't see uh, him being that big of a of a difference maker for the Cleveland Cavaliers. The next question comes from Arnev Sherian at Arnev Sherian on Twitter. Um, he said, with Corver giving his defense, will Corver giving his defense, excuse me, be playable against the Warriors? Um, I think absolutely he is. I mean, you're not going to want him out there for 50 minutes at a time defending Kyle Corver, but it, and, or sorry, defending Clay Thompson, and you don't want him having to defend Steph Curry, but Corver isn't a bad team defender. He's good at schemes. You see him working really hard. He's always very aware of where he is on the floor. You're not going to, again, want him defending creators one-on-one but you can get away with him in Iguodala you could get away with him probably on Sean Livingston you get away with him on, on Clay Thompson for a stretch I think he's gonna move and he's gonna work and he's gonna provide a lot on the offensive end so I think he's fully playable I think you'd have to pick and choose his matchups more than you would in other series especially ones the Cavs are gonna see in the east but I do firmly believe that Kyle Corver is playable in the finals. Uh, Danny, I asked Danny LaRue that when the Cavs got this tr- did this trade and the Cavs played the Warriors. You can go back and listen to that podcast from two, three weeks ago. And Danny said, yeah, you could have you, Cor- Corver's fully playable in that series. And Danny knows the Warriors uh, just about as well as anyone. So I, I would trust his opinion on, on that. I do, uh, For my own two cents, I do firmly think that Corver is playable in that series. Uh, next question comes from Doug, Douglas Philippi. This continues on the Warriors uh, trend we have going here. He says, how does Derek Williams factor into a matchup with the Warriors? I feel like he can expose mismatches with his size, but I'm worried he's just another that will be exposed on defense. I think he means another player that will be exposed on defense. So, I, I mean, I do think it, it's getting a bit ahead of ourselves to think about how he's really going to impact 
a series. I, I do think he is playable. I think you could play him at the three or four. I think the Cavs value him, and you've seen Tyler utilize him in this way in terms of that he can switch and that he can switch different positions and guard both forward spots and step on the point guards. I think he is playable, and I think he is insurance. I think it's sort of what you've seen with him. And, you, again, it's he what he's done in 10 days is good. I mean, he's had stretches like this before in his career where he has been – good for a little bit and then faded and it's we got to make sure we're not going to look too much into what he's doing but I do think there is value to him in that series at least in stretches and I think he can uh, switch and he can be active on that end I mean he's not going to be a lockdown offender you don't want him having to defend Durant or Draymond one-on-one in space or anything like that at least not a lot but I don't think he's just going to get destroyed on defense against the Warriors I think his ability to switch his ability to guard both forward spots could make him someone the Cavs go to in that series in theory assuming he's around and assuming that uh, everything sort of plays out how we expect it to but that's again getting a little bit ahead of ourselves Um, and I think if you're looking for an issue with him in that series I would say his rebounding is probably more of an issue than his defense because I think he when he's not on the floor the Cavs are going to lose something in terms of rebounding uh, particularly if he's playing with Channing Fry, uh, and that's something I would consider as well. But if you're playing with LeBron, you're playing with RJ, I think he can do some switching between Draymond and KD. That could be pretty valuable in a finals matchup. Uh, from On Twitter from Joe, at Joe underscore Cavs, he asks, is this going to drop before Tuesday? Yes, it is. It's Monday. Um, and if so, do you believe the Cavs will use the Verjao TPE before expiration? So th- this is something that I didn't realize snuck up uh, so fast. That Verja trade exception is set to expire. Um, that means the Cavs have this trade exception for Anderson Verja. They've used part of it. They have used a trade exception before, and David Griffin is constantly creating them. I don't think they're going to use it. I th- I'd, I'd be a little bit surprised if they just dropped the deal sort of out of the sky a little bit. Um, I mean, it's possible, but I don't think that Verja trade exception is going to be used. And again, I, I think if you're looking for the Cavs to make a deal in any sense, I, I don't necessarily believe that a trade is the most likely way to do it. And that, that Verjaw trade exception is valuable. It's at four, it's at $4.4 million about. It's their second biggest one behind the Mike Dunleavy one that they created. I just don't firmly think the Cavs are really going to make a deal, so I, I would lean no on that Verjaw trade exception uh, expired. But they use part of it. And that's sort of enough. And and that you, if you can create it and it gives you an option to do something, that's sort of the point of dread exceptions because I think they're a bit harder to use than a lot of people realize. You can't just use, say, oh, we have this trade exception using a trade. You have to package something along with it to allow you to utilize it. The Cavs have sort of played out a lot of their moves in that sense. I mean, and the Cavs already made a great trade in getting Kyle Korver. Um, as a general thought here, I'm not sure exactly how active the Cavs are going to be on and in the lead-up to the trade deadline. I, I do think a lot of their moves, unless they get a two-for-one deal or something like that, are really going to come from buyout candidates and any guys they want to sign, a la Derek Williams, more so than them trading for Shelvin Mack or them using that trade exception to sign to get somebody. Um, at so much underscore Enu, Curtis, Curtis Maximus on Twitter asks, um, will JR and Kev injuries torpedo play a front with rest and or losing home field advantage to Boston, Toronto, etc. So in terms of my worried level about the love and JR, I'm pretty chill about it as a general sort of 
rule of thumb. The love injury, of course, is not ideal, and it's his second knee surgery, as we detailed last week. The JR thing, you got to hope he's in shape, and he wasn't exactly playing well before. I, but if you would ask me today how worried I am that those injuries are going to actually impact the Cavs' playoff run, I'm going to say pretty low. It's a pretty low chance. I think they're going to be fine. I think they're still going to make the finals. The love thing adds some drama. You hope JR gets back. But I'm not 100% sure if this really changes the outcome of the whole season. I don't believe that it does. And I also don't think the latter that Curtis Curtis is asking about, uh, the losing home field advantage, is that big of a deal. I mean, I, again, I would pick the Cavs as the 8th seed for them to get to, to make it to the, final, to the finals out of the East if they're healthy. Um, and if they lose it, they lose it. But the Cavs do have a pretty good buffer in terms of where they are at right now. If you look at the standings, because everyone's off post-All-Star game, getting that little bit of rest. Uh, the Cavs have a three-game lead on Boston. And Boston's playing really well. They've won eight of their last ten. But the Cavs have been great so far this month. Uh, they've won three in a row. They're also eight out of their last ten. And the Cavs are still doing really, really well. Um, The Wizards are five back. Toronto's seven back. Uh, and, you know, we are deeper into the season. I think the Cavs are going to be fine. Um, and, and I wouldn't shock me, even with Love being out so long, if they still were the number one team in the East come come April, come the end of the regular season. We'll see. But I don't think either of those things are that big of a deal to worry about. If Love has, sep- has setbacks and if JR has setbacks, or both of them have setbacks, I think then you get a little bit more worried. But if we're talking about what we know right now and what we're expecting, as long as those guys are healthy come the playoffs, nothing else will really quite matters I'm, I don't put too much stock um, into tor- them torpedoing the playoff run or uh, Boston Toronto that mattering that much in terms of them getting ahead of the Cavs in the east um, and frankly I, I mean I think the Cavs let's say they this let's say they end up as the two seed they're gonna get someone like Chicago or Detroit or Indiana in the first round and Milwaukee Miami I guess theoretically um, for the one seed, they're going to get a team like that as well. Charlotte, you know, still there, even though they, they've been pretty bad of late. I don't see a team in that first round, even if Kevin Love and J.R. Rusty, that can really give the Cavs a series. If they're the two seed and they play Washington in the second round, then, you know, the the the, the room for error is a little bit tighter. Uh, but if they get a second round series, and let's say they play Toronto, or somehow, you know, Atlanta makes it through. Um, you know, I, I still think they have a lot of room for error there, even if those guys aren't at 100%. Just don't forget how good LeBron James is and what that guy can do in the playoffs. You have to, you know, wonder about the minutes a little bit, for sure. You have to wonder about a lot of different things there as well, but um, I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, next, via email, we got a question from Perry Kellis. He asks, what do you think of this trade scenario? I like trades, by the way. Uh, Lakers receive Amon Shumpert, trade exception, possible, possibly Seti Osman. Cavs get Lou Will and Nick Young. I like the idea of getting Lou Will. Um, he's being linked to the Wizards right now in, in terms of the most recent rumors aside out of the boogie to New Orleans Pelicans rumors that are out there. I want nothing to do with Nick Young. <laughs> I, I mean, he's having a good year, um, but I, I don't think Nick Young really helps the Cavs. Lou Will would be great. Um, good creator. Can you just get some buckets for you off the bench? It's JR Insurance. We'll give you another guy to handle the ball. I also don't think the Shumpert plus trade exception plus Chetty Osman is enough to get both of those guys, and it's probably not enough to get Lou Will. Um, 
He's on a cheap contract. He, he's having a really good year. He's been one of the NBA's best bench players this year. He doesn't quite fit into their plans, but he's still been pretty good. And, and Lou Williams could potentially go to another team in the East or you know in the West, let's say. And they could those teams could offer more than the Cavs are going to offer, um, unless the Lakers love him on Shumpert, who you know is on a pretty affordable contract, and the Wolves are interested in him. Um, I just don't see it, and I, and I don't think Shumpert as a as an extension of this is really going to go anywhere. The Wolves have interest, but what do the Wolves have that would really interest the Cavs? Um, and I'm and I'm not sure every team is going to love him, and I'm not sure what Amon Shumpert really does for the Lakers. Uh, so I, I would veto that deal. And again, I think as a rule, trade the trade machine is really fun. I use the trade machine a lot uh, to just kind of see if stuff would work in a vacuum. But a lot of the stuff is more complicated than we would probably realize. And it's a lot harder to construct a deal. And I think a trade, trade machine or just um, some basic understanding of the cap doesn't. And I'm I, not saying that like we shouldn't do fake trades or that this is, it's, this is a dumb exercise or anything like that. It's fun to sort of explore that stuff. It's a fun part of fandom. It's a fun part of being a fan of basketball. Uh, but I think you got to just know when to check value. And, and it, unless the Lakers love him on Shumpert, any deal that the Cavs would, would use Shumpert in, it's just sort of hard to see. Um, what he would offer other teams, and I think he has a lot of value to the Cavs as well. Because if you do lose Shumpert, I mean, he I think he's an overrated defender, but I think he's probably better in defense than Lou Williams. Uh, and you'd be losing something there. I mean, I mean, if you're telling me if I had to put one guy on a Curry in the finals for ten minutes of every of every game that series, I'm probably more comfortable with Shumpert than than Lou Williams. Um, and and if and if, especially because this year, because of KD because of them having KD and Draymond up front and the ability to go small with those guys as the four and the five. It's a lot harder to put LeBron James on Curry for stretches and just have him guard the point guard. I mean, it's just, it's just a lot harder, so that means you're having to have a two guard um, defend point guards. And if you're looking, it's, you have Kyrie, J.R., Shumpert. Um, if J.R. is healthy, he's probably up to it, and he might be a better defender than him. And maybe you could play play Liggins a little bit, but I think you're getting into some tricky territory there. Um, and and I, th- I, again, have a hard time seeing that deal being good. And let's say that, that would be enough to get Lou Williams. Um, yeah, man, I am not in on the Nick Young experience. Again, he's having a fun year. He's a fun personality, um, but not something... I would be particularly in love with if we're being functional about it. And by that deal, that deal, the Cavs would have to trade um, a Kay Felder or Jordan McRae or James Jones into that because the Cavs' trade exceptions, by the way, don't quite fit Nick Williams's or Nick Young's, excuse me, salary. I mean, if you just look at how trade exceptions work, you can't just apply a bunch of them. So it's a, it's a bit trickier than. Um, then we sort of then and then everything sort of work here. You could do Lou Williams and a pick, and let's say Chetty for uh, Shump. You could do Shumpert for Lou Williams straight up. Um, but yeah, I I, I don't think that deal quite works. Um, question comes from at New York Rick, the homie Eric Jackman from the MMA Hour. Uh, he has Uncle Drew film or Space Jam two. Which is more ambitious for its respective star, and which will ultimately be better? So Kyrie, if you didn't know this, is going to make an Uncle Drew film. He also said at the, in the locker room after the Cavs' last game, the second to last game, not the Pacers game, but the game before that at home, that he was going to be involved directing the film. Um, it's something he's not going to direct the whole thing. 
Um, I st- we don't know who's going to direct that yet. I think that is a more ambitious project because the Space Jam model is sort of you put LeBron in the Michael Jordan role, you tweak it to modernize it and make sure it's not the same, and you put Blake Griffin and Kyrie and other guys in the in the other roles from the film. Uh, you know, the, the Muggsy Bugs is the the everything like that, those other guys. And then you cast like someone not that isn't Kevin Hart to play the Bill Murray role. Um, my my I don't know who that is, but it just not not Kevin Hart. Uh, the Rock actually. Let's have The Rock in that role. I'm here for that. So I think that's more ambitious, especially if Kyrie is going to direct and potentially be involved in the story process of that, which I th- I think he is. Um, I think that's the more respective thing. My guess is that Space Jam Two is just better because I th- I think that these movies are both going to have these not be these overly artsy projects, but I think Space Jam Two is just going to be more fun. I think. Um, it's going to just like hit these marks and just sort of hit the marks of like a fun kids basketball movie. Uncle Drew, I just have a hard time seeing that being a movie. Um, I, I, if it's like a hour movie or a short film, I'm down for it. But like, what is an Uncle Drew films movie? Like, I don't know if I want to see a movie of the Uncle Drew character from the Pepsi commercial. Um, so, but if they make it really good, that's definitely, that's a more ambitious thing to do. The Space Jam 2 is sort of this already carved out space. And you put Blake Griffin, and you put Curry, and you put all these guys that are just fun for kids that want to do it and be in the movie for a little bit, and you just follow that model, and it, and it does really, really well. Um, so I, I would say Space Jam 2 is better. Uncle Drew, more ambitious. And I wonder if Kevin Love will be in, uh, in Uncle Drew because he was in one of the commercials. Just something out there. That's a fun question, though. It's a good all-star question. Shout out to Rick, man. Rick's the best. Uh, James Watson, the last question for today's show, asked, how much truth do you think there is to the Cavs' interest in Larry Sanders? Sam Amico, who, of course, uh, works for Fox Sports Ohio and runs Amico Hoops, reported there has been contact. Then he also notes, I personally feel Sanders is worth a flyer on at least a 10-day contract. Um, So I, I think there's truth to it, but I would just say that he worked out for the... Celtics a few weeks back there was no interest from the Celtics there wasn't a deal he's been linked to other teams um, I think the biggest thing against Larry Sanders in terms of him being a 10-day player is that he has been in the NBA in a little bit Derek Williams is succeeding a little bit because I think he at least played and you're just he's been active and he's been in the NBA apparently Larry Sanders looked really really rusty in his workout with Boston um, and you'd be banking a lot on him becoming non-rusty, like in a ten-day in a ten-day span. I'm not really sold on that being particularly likely. So I, I would say I think there's probably some truth to the fact that he has been linked uh, to the Cavs. That there's been some discussions. The Cavs are, are smart to explore. But if you're looking at him being worth a fly, if you're looking at him actually being a difference maker, I think we probably again got a slower roll on that just because I'm not exactly sure how useful he would be because he hasn't played in a while. You're not going to ever probably get Larry Sanders from his Bucks days when he was an all-star and was on that really great contract and was a just an insane defensive player and guarded LeBron in a series when he's with the with with those Brandon Jennings, Bucks, and six Bucks. Uh, you're not going to get that Larry Sanders again. I'm not even sure if you're going to get anything close to that ever again in terms of him being an NBA player. That's just sort of where I think that reality sort of lies.
so that that's another great week of questions. Um, again, all this is this is more fun to me than the All Star stuff. I'm not really big on All Star Week, and it's fun to an extent, but I, I, the actual basketball is great. Uh, as a teaser of this week, we're going to look at what the Cavs have to accomplish in the second half of the regular season tomorrow. Then Wednesday, uh, with Sean Woody from Locked On Raptors, we're going to look at the state of the Eastern Conference, what the Serge Ibaka deal means for the East, and Let's say Boston makes a move, and well, then you know sometimes we will do a trade deadline preview, a, a asset preview for the team as well. Probably Thursday for that, and we'll get into a bunch of different stuff. But it's, it's again mailbag questions. Drop those to add Lockdown Cavs to lo- the Lockdown Cavs Facebook page to LockdownCavs at gmail.com for next week's show. You can tweet me as always at cdmrights. Thanks again to Seeking for sponsoring the show, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.